Man, we, they we're off to a great start. We are off to a terrible start. We got to find out. A, we got to come up with a opening and all kinds of shit. So we are Hammerhead Wargaming. We are a collection of three friends: one who knows nothing, and two who are somewhat immersed in the hobby no that next, is Warhammer. No next to nothing. Yes, exactly. Next to nothing. Uh, so what we're going to try and do is to get our buddy, not necessarily into the hobby, but we figured it would be a great time to do a podcast and figure out if, you know, how to get into Warhammer for beginners. People don't generally have a whole lot of options as to where they can go to and what they can look for and get into it. We're not getting into this as a tournament. It is meant to be more for the casual gamer. It's meant to be more for somebody who wants to play narratively if they want. But it is not meant to be all about rules and stats and everything else. We won't be covering any of that unless we really feel like it when new code maybe in a Maybe out. in a season or two. Maybe in we a can, season or two. We can start looking at that. Yeah. It's not completely off the table, but that's no. definitely not the focus right now. Yeah. Focus the focus right now is for one of us to uh, get immersed into this uh, this game that probably figure out it's me. But oh I damn it! I was going to make it a joke and see who can, we <laughs> can figure out who who doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> but what yeah, it's this this one. I don't know shit. No. Mm-mm. Uh. But we are going to take this from a very beginner's yeah. perspective. So hopefully we can answer most of your questions. If we don't, you know, we'll try and direct you to people who can. Yeah, um, I think that what... what leave us a comment. Yeah, leave us a comment. Let us know. Um, I, what are, I think um, when these two lovely gentlemen came to me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing this, I thought that it would be a really good idea for the community um, it, or anybody who's wanting to get, be in part of this community um, to be able to kind of listen, learn... Uh, see what I would go through as a beginner and be able to ask questions to two people who play this game fairly regularly um, and who know a lot about it. So we're here for you. And that's what it's all about. It's about being here for the community and making sure that people can understand that mm-hmm. it's just a game for one. And two, there are so many aspects of it that make it enjoyable for everyone. There's no reason why, uh, you can't find something enjoyable about it, depending on what you like and what you want to do with it. So, but on the other hand, that's might be what makes it a little overwhelming. Yes. There are so many parts to this and it doesn't matter where you start. There's so much that you can do with it and so much that goes into it that you're going to be overwhelmed from the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's why I've been uh, myself have been hesitant to start doing this or playing this is because of like, you know, you've got so many different armies you can choose from. You've got so many different classes. You've got all this stuff going on. You have all this lore you got to learn. And it's just to me, like being a fairly, fairly busy individual myself, it's a lot to take in and a lot to learn. Um, and it is just to start, like, get up to speed with my friends who already play. And so it's, you know, we're trying to we, we want to take that edge off as much as we can as kind of our goal with this podcast. And I will be honest, it when you said, you know, there's a lot of lore to, to take in, you don't have to know all the lore. Like if you know some bit of it, if you know, you know, some portion of it that actually sounds interesting to you, like 
that's all you really need to know. There can be things that you don't know, and that's perfectly fine. Um, I'm not suggesting that anybody go out and read every single thing that's been written for this, because one, all you're going to get is a bunch of alter porn. Oh, sorry, I'll believe that. And otherwise, some of it's just really hard to get through. Yeah, hard reads. I've, I've looked at a couple of them, and seemed neat, but in the day, I just want to roll some dice and kill some stuff, right? Exactly. And that's what really it comes down to, and that's what becomes <clears throat> fun of it. And when you start looking at it as a... Think of it as a tool to tell a story that interests you. Like you would with any role-playing game or tabletop game. The miniatures that you have are just you being able to have a visual aid as to what's going on in this particular battle or war or whatever you want to do with it okay. and that's why there's so many ways to play it and you know so i hope everybody enjoys this i really do i want us to you know start off with you know a slow go on it we're gonna see how it goes for everybody let us know if you hate it let us know if you like it just leave us yeah a what comment. we can do to change it you know, yeah. like i said i i wanted this to be about new players to this just like me um, so whatever we can do to maybe further explain on how to get into this and, um, and I'll, I'll share my experiences going through it as well. Yeah. Um, so where do you want to start first? You want to jump straight into how to get into the hobby? I think, you know, we, I think we need, a need to do one of these first because we're about to start episode one, right? That's true. episode one. <laughs> we did, yeah. We did, we did, we did intro. One. Sorry. Yeah. We did intro. Two hammerheads. All right. There we go. I think we can go now. <laughs> Maybe. So, just for the very beginning, um, so that you know, with this being episode one, we'll I'll go ahead and tell you because Eric let the cat out of the bag. We're trying to teach him a little bit about the hobby so that he can get into it if that's what he wants to do. Uh, as far as that goes, just a little bit of background. Uh, I myself have been in the hobby for about five years. I've got multiple armies that are completely unpainted, completely unbuilt. And I also have three, three built and mostly painted armies. Uh, I really like the lore of Warhammer and, and it doesn't matter if it's 40 K or if it's Age of Sigmar, I really enjoy the, the lore to the story and it, that's just how I interact with the game. Uh, I enjoy just about every aspect of it. So I've been at the beginning. I've gotten through some of that. I've learned from my mistakes. I've you know figured out how to do things better. So that's why I'm going to be here to try and help out. So and then our other host, Senor Tom Bates. Yeah, I uh, started it at the exact same time that Hunter did. Uh, he's gotten more accomplished than I have. I've been a little slower burn. Still uh, been, I guess the biggest part of it for me has been the collecting aspect of it. I only currently have one army mostly built and several more in the queue. But uh, yeah, it's... It's awesome. Very cool. Well, I'm Eric, by the way. Um, I have, for many years, enjoyed many aspects around this in this whole game. 
uh, from a huge Lego fan. I build a lot of Lego sets. Um, I play a lot of video games, um, a lot of like really in-depth RPGs, fighting games, stuff like that. And um, grew up playing like Magic: The Gathering. Uh, you know, a little bit of Pokemon when I was a lot younger. Um, and I felt like I'll kind of like all of this kind of would kind of run into the Warhammer 4K era. So um, I'm really interested to learn this as well. All right. So one of the things we do want to start about is if you are getting into Warhammer, uh, Eric, honestly, what's the first like question you really have about trying to get into this hobby game personality? Um, typically, like what there's two for me, it's two things. Um, one is how much is it going to cost? Um, two is uh, how much time is it going to take to learn it? Okay. Second question first, a lot. First question, your soul. <laughs> uh, it's not that bad. Okay, so that kind of brings us to the ways that you can play 40K in general or Sigmar mm -hmm. or anything within the Warhammer universes that they've created. There are many different ways that you can do this. Yes, it will be expensive. But honestly, when you put it in the context of many other hobbies that people have, it's not any worse i mean you think about a person so, who wants to go fishing all the so time i was gonna ask should, should, should I, I i i'm debating between this and golf if you're debating between this and golf you have to look at it as in golf not only are your clubs going to cost you so I'm, I'm kidding oh no you're not i'm uh, just trying I, to, I don't i i do not want to play golf i didn't think you did but no i've had to have this discussion with uh with my uncle when he came over and he mm -hmm. saw my collection and it was one of those, he was like, I'll just go play golf. It's like, okay, well, you know, how much does a, a tee time cost you? How much do you spend when you go to the golf course in pro shops? What do you spend yeah. on shoes and caddies and everything else? And once you really look at it, it hmm. does add up. The difference yeah, is... That's, that's the same as any hobby. Exactly. Yeah. It, it only, if, you know, people on the outside of it, maybe have a hard time understanding it but there's stuff that they're into that other people may not understand exactly you know it's no worse than if you're a car guy oh yeah you know? and actually it's probably cheaper than being a car guy when you really think about it yeah um but you can always start small one of the things and granted games workshop for all that they want you to play the game they have not been extremely uh that's the word I'm looking for. Helpful in yeah. in terms of doing small games so that people can start out very small and slowly. Um, in normal 40K, they try and do it where you can do a 1,000-point game, a 2,000-point game, and then on up. Uh, but it wasn't until... And granted, it wasn't the first time, but it was the first time it was released as a, a separate game. A couple of years ago, what was it, 2000... Um, I think it was 2015, no, 2018, they released Kill Team. And Kill Team had this great thing about it where all you really needed was one box of guys. And you had enough to play a full, quote-unquote, game of 40K. And they made it very easy to get into. The hard part with that was, was that you had to buy the, the book and the compendium which I believe were $40 a piece. Uh, 
They may have been a little bit cheaper than that, but not by much. Right. But still, everything in the rule book, I believe in, I, actually, to be real honest, I think in the first edition of Kill Team, everything in the rule book, it had all the rules to play, and it had every faction that you could play. And it told you what you could and couldn't use. So okay. all you had to do was buy a $40 book, and then you had to, you know, buy some models, which, you know, cheap route, it's kind of hard to say, but if you went with one of their prepackaged boxes, uh, which came with terrain and a kill team, generally you were looking at spending 80 bucks. It's not bad. No, it's really not. Uh, yeah, but then, of course, that's not without the glue and the spur, you know, the cutters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's still not bad to get into a game that you can play a full game with and it not being one of those things. Of, oh, I've got to get that was, $80 yeah, that, here. That was my question is like, what to start playing it? What do I need to do? It, it, it depends on your budget. If your right. budget is small, Kill Team is really the way to go. Usually you can spend the money on a box of guys and the Kill Team rule books. Uh, build them, paint them, and get playing. Actually, as far as that goes, if you don't have time to paint them, just build you them. You don't have to. Yeah. They can stay <laughs> great. And, and I'm not saying like forever, oh, but yeah. nobody is going to tell you you can't play at, at least at a with, local store with right. just gray models. And that's the best way to play it. Kill Team's a little bit more, uh, the rules are a little bit more involved now right. that they've released a second I, edition. Yeah, I think the uh, the other thing behind that for me too is the, uh, like if I, like I, I don't live near you guys. So right. for me to get into the hobby, I would have, I mean, I would have to go to a, uh, like a local retailer or tabletop games type place, uh, you know, and I, I, I always feel a little um, judged, I guess, in that sense, um, whenever I go into those places, because I don't really know what I'm doing or what I'm looking at. Um, so I think that, you know, getting over that stigma for me is a, would be a key as well. That's a pretty common feeling I think most people have. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I felt that way when I started getting into it too. But um, once you start talking to these people, 99% of the time, I would say they're more than happy to be your Sherpa into this world. And they, they love talking about it. Like not to cut Tom off a lot, but you know, those people that talk about CrossFit because they're <laughs> into CrossFit and that is CrossFit. Yeah. These guys aren't that bad necessarily, well, but are. they, I am. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I am. I love this. I, I love it. I mean, it's really one of those things of it's something that I enjoy and I'm passionate about. So I want people to, understand where i'm coming from uh but mm. yeah 99 percent of the people that i've met in this hobby are absolutely amazing they yeah. will let you know anything all you have to do is ask but i do understand the hesitancy of going into a new store and just being like i don't know what i'm doing because yeah. there yeah. there is that stigma for, uh, for us that are socially awkward you know myself included it's it's a bit overwhelming in that aspect too, but once you get over that, and you know everyone has been more than helpful. If I've ever had a question or anything like that, that's also another part of you know. Also, if you're getting into it, if you can make a friend that wants to split some of the costs with you, like a battle box or something, I mean, you could get into this hobby for as little as like fifty, sixty dollars, but probably on average. 100 to 150 dollars 
yeah. I would say to have a good solid start. Yeah. And, and again, it's also one of those things that you do not have to starting out, I would say go to a local store just so you can see what they have, who's there, that kind of thing. But, and, and, and ask them, you know, if they have any preferences on where people buy, of course, they're going to say their store. I know some stores have it where if you don't buy here, you can't play here. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of understandable. They're running a business. If you don't buy it there, why in the world should they let you play there? But there are ways to get discounts on them. A lot of stores, especially the local game stores, they offer discounts on purchases. Uh, Amazon has things at discounted rates. So, I mean, you can always save some money in some places. So, I mean, it's not all of them, but at yeah. least most of them. So. Um, let's, uh, let's segue on to something into... Um... I, I, let's look at what would be like you, you guys have pointed out some really good resources uh for a beginner into this uh this this uh what would you call it like a, like a world universe um, universe, yeah, universe yeah, world. yeah yeah let's call it that Either. um is it like anything else that you guys could think of that um anybody you know new to this would be interested in like just easier to figure out besides you know obviously everybody's gonna do their own research on certain things um you know, because like I mean, I know for me, whenever I've looked into it, it's been not just you know buying. It's not like a chess game where you just get the same same pieces. It's like you, you've got different armies, you've got different factions, you've got all kinds of different things going on. Um, is there anything else that you guys could think of that maybe would help someone out in that field? Hunter, are you raising your hand? No, not raising my hand. Oh, <laughs> I was like, you can just talk, man. <laughs> uh, I would say, well, first, I think uh, you can find information uh, you know maybe not the most in-depth information but you can find information on their website you know if you go to games workshop you dot com you can click on go toward is it warhammer 40k.com yeah I think and it's it'll kind of give you a rundown of the basic um factions and grand divisions um things like that i would say do a little research look at the models that was that'd probably be the biggest thing for me. Look around at the models, see what appeals to you. Once you get an idea of what appeals to you, then maybe do a little reading on it. Or there's hundreds, if not thousands, of videos on YouTube going in depth on these things. You just have um, to be careful which ones you listen to. So that's 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 the way I kind of started, and that's what I I think it would be a good way, a good recommendation. Go with what you like learn a little bit about it. If you still like it, then get start with the books. And then once you get the books or the codex mainly um, for that army, then you can figure out what you might need or want in that army. So there's right. unlimited, you know, different variations of how you can put an army together basically. Right. So, and the other thing is, is getting on YouTube, I mean, there's so many people on there who are willing to do lore videos and painting videos and everything else. So YouTube is a great resource. Um, and Games Workshop's website is a good resource to go to. Um, they at one time did have a start here area. I don't know if that's still on there, honestly. Uh and then other resources, it's definitely, of course, people at, you know, local game stores, they'll help you out as much as they can. Um, 
it's hard to say anything on the internet. A lot of the stuff on the internet is geared towards the tournament scene, or mm-hmm. it's hard to find actual information. Uh, but yeah, on Warhammer40k.com, you know, looking at different factions and things like that, one of the best things to do is once you've kind of decided that you kind of want to go into a faction, uh, honestly, they have a Wikipedia about all this. I think it's uh, Wapedia. But if you get on there, and we'll link that at the bottom so that people can see that, Wapedia is like their wiki site for everything. So you can kind of just search for, you know, if you're looking at Space Marines or if you're looking at Tyranids or um, Sisters of Battle, things like that. All of that's on the Wikipedia, so you can learn a little bit more about it without really having to put forth a lot of extra money. Yeah. But then one of the best resources for your army, once you decide on it, is the Codex. The Codex will have 60 pages of lore, usually, which is great because it one, it tells you kind of where they start, what they do, that kind of thing. But then it usually kind of catches you up on current events that are going on in the universe. As gotcha. since once that's released. Okay. The only problem is they release them quite often sometimes, and there's a lot. So. Gotcha. Um, what? Uh, so how 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 do I word this? How would you guys to explain to someone on how? like what game you'd want to play like between like 4k kill team like what what would be like the pros and cons to some of those versus um I, I mean, it's the pros and cons i guess okay. or, or would it be just kind of preference or is there like different uh, game styles to play with that it is kind of a preference um there are different game styles and every army is going to have its own style of play so that's kind of the other thing to keep in mind there so like first question do you do you want to play with a lot of models or do you want to play with a small squad? And, you know, if you want to play with a lot of models, you're going to want to just start out with 40K. And that being said, you're looking at months of getting that stuff ready because you can't yeah. just have one squad and one leader and that kind of thing. Well, I mean, you can with their new setup, but we won't go into that right now. Uh, but you would have to have, you know, leaders and multiple units of things and, and all kinds of stuff to make an army work. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, gaming stores that'll have Escalation Leagues also that you can That's true. start small and work your way up to a bigger army throughout a campaign that multiple people play. And uh, you can kind of... That'd be a good way to start up too because um, most of them will be either in the same boat as you, fresh to the hobby or people starting out with, they want to build up a new army. So yeah. that would be and also a good way to go. Yeah. yeah. Escalation leagues are a good way to get into a larger army scale thing, just because they do generally start out about 500 points of models, which every point has its own or every model has its own point uh, value. And they generally, after every so many games, they'll move up into the next point value. So, you know, they may go 500, 750, 1,000, or they could go straight from 500 to 1,000. It just depends. But that's that's if you want to get large amounts of models. If you're wanting to do something smaller... So, like, small scale would be, like, kill team, right? Like, if it was maybe easier to pick up from a beginner standpoint, too. um, Yeah, that's, like, a skirmish. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's a skirmish style. You got, you know, a squad of 
you know, five to ten guys basically going on, you know, model to model or character to character versus the other guy instead yeah. of whole squads or units of, of uh, things. So it's a little more um, intimate, I guess you could say. And then if you want to get really intimate, and if you are really big on the narrative aspect of the game, because, like I said, it, in its sense, yeah, really intimate. <laughs> uh, but if you wanted to get really intimate and you really wanted to explore the role-playing aspect, not that there's a whole lot to it, but yeah. it's still role-playing, um, and you want to stay in sci-fi, Necromunda is a great way to do that. It is five or six guys on the board, and these are your gangs. And everybody has experience points that they can rack up. They can, you know, grow within the gang. They're, they take fall damage. And it is, it is the game where if you said Johnny ran up on the catwalk, he saw Lucy from the other gang, she shot him, and on the dice rolls, you know, it works out, and it's, oh, God, Johnny just lost a leg and fell off the catwalk into a steaming vat of acid. And he's dead. Maybe. Why don't you give a little bit of background on what Necromunda is? Necromunda is a skirmish-level game that there are a bunch of different games. There's uh, Goliath, Eschers, Dalak, um... Bansar and some of the and uh, what are the other two? Tom, uh, Palanite Enforcers. Well, there's Palanite Enforcers. Uh, Cador. I don't know. If yeah, that was Cador and uh, what's the guys with the saw on the like rope a dope? The Chaos guys. Uh, grinders. Yeah. But anyway, so on Necromunda, which is a planet inside of the Warhammer universe, these gangs are in one of the cities. That it's a hive city, so picture like basically what I picture like Judge Dredd. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Picture Judge That's Dredd, cool. big city, and they fight gang wars. So one gang will go up against another gang, and it's not even one of those things where there's no characters really involved in the games there are a few uh dramatic personae that they have come out with for things but no it's not like this is the leader of the game it's your people are one portion of the gang that are doing their own thing and so and so forth and they just meet and fight each other for whatever whether it's resources within necromunda or if it's uh more territory and things like that but it really okay. is a deep deep narrative and it really is a, almost role-playing but you're role-playing with more than one person and you really can you know you can well why do we call him lucky like because he got his arm shot off and he didn't die like it's it's that kind of thing you can have some extremely fun interactions uh and i'm sorry i may be long-winded but case in point Tom, I believe you were there for this game. I wasn't playing you, but I was playing another buddy at our local store when we were doing a Necromunda League. He mm -hmm. was playing uh, the Corpse Grinders, and I was playing another faction. And Corpse Grinders are like these... They've gone insane 
and they're cannibals. And so they have like saws and they're scary looking and everything else. And my guy ran up to one of them and because of their rules, they had to roll for being scared. And I'm like this itty bitty little wisp of a guy to this bigger, you know, muscle bound dude. And it turns out that he ended up being scared and he had to run away. It's like, why? I mean, you can come up with the story you want, but it's just really funny that, okay, well, he got so scared of his own shadow that he ran away. So, I mean, it, it becomes a, an interesting thing, and you can make fun of what's going on, and it's not... So serious. It doesn't sound so serious. Exactly. Either. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. sometimes people take more more way too seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that Necromunda is more leaning toward the RPG side of things. Not as much a straight tabletop war game, but it's still it's it's forty k adjacent. Yes, you know it's still in the same world or same universe, mm-hmm. uh, just not fighting the same battles and with the same stakes. And the only the only other real difference is that the rules are extremely in depth. Like there's in forty k, there's not. There are rules for jumping off of something. In Necromunda, there's rules for jumping off of something, how hard you hit, and if you get back up when you land. Okay. So it's it's crunchy. Like it's you're right. gonna have a lot of rolls. So yeah. So that's that's Ooh, different rolls. ways. Mm. Ah. But that's that's kind of the way that you can play uh, in general with 40k. We won't get into signal yeah. right now because um... I'm, I'm gonna va- here, here. Here's gonna. I'm gonna ask a question that's gonna really expose my knowledge of this. Um, how, how does one win at this game? Okay, I'll take that. Then. Uh, there are a lot of ways <laughs> to win. So you kind of look at it and you really think, okay, well, so long as I get his models off the table, I win, right? Sure. But that's sometimes that's the way to do it. There are different missions, there are different objectives, there are different uh, stakes, we'll say. So you could play a mission where the primary objective is to kill everything. And then you could play another mission where the primary objective is to hold the most objectives, where you have Mm -hmm. six objective markers on the map, and you have to get your guys to hold them for the entire game or, you know, knock people off of them. Uh, and, of course, and there's other objectives that they yeah. have that are adjacent to those. You know, you can make more points uh, for killing their leader or, you know, holding the most or, hold, you know, holding it for longer, mm-hmm. things like that. So it's... It, it really just depends on what game type you're playing. And so is it, like, know, it uh... all comes down to the points that you have... For doing so, certain things at the end of the game. Is there is it D and D like where you have like a dungeon master who writes campaign and um or is it just maybe explain that to me a little bit? The best answer is yes and no. Mm-hmm. So if you were a narrative gamer, because there are that's one of the aspects of playing. If you, you mm-hmm. have a you know casual players, narrative gamers, and then tournament gamers. 
if you're a narrative gamer and you want to play in a campaign with somebody, generally, yes, you have a one person or, or one or two people that can control or run the campaign. Now, they're just basically gathering um, scores of games and who's winning, who's losing, what faction they're in, that kind of thing, and then letting you basically go on. But as far as the game being played, no. There is no DM. It is you and the guy across from you, and there are rules on how to start, how to finish, um, who goes first, who goes second, and that right. kind of stuff. But whenever you stated like missions earlier, like who writes those, or is that in like Kotex, or is that... Yeah. Like, like, okay. Generally, the missions will be either in uh, a chapter approved, which is kind of a used to be annually. It's become kind of odd in the latest edition of it being kind of almost biannually. Mm-hmm. Um, but either your chapter approved or new campaign books that come out, or and uh, the biggest resource for it is the uh, the core rules book has missions in it. And the missions, they tell you how to set up the, the map. They tell you how to set up your models and where the objective markers need to go. And it tells you the general objectives for that mission. Right. So it just kind of depends on what you do. Because the way that you kind of pick it, um, they'll have six missions in the book. And each of you roll and like roll a dice and pick the mission basically that way. That way it's not, you know, arbitrary. Oh, I want to play this. No, it's okay. one of those things that you, you let the dice decide so that you figure out which mission you're playing and then you go from there. I gotcha. So. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense because that's, that's always been kind of the question in my head is like, I, I, you know, you understand that, you know, there's all these different armies, factions, whatever you want to call it, that you can choose, but like, how do you actually play it? And how do you win or how do you lose? Like that was always kind yeah. of a question that I had on it too. So oh, thanks so for clarifying that. That was, that was an easy response. Yes. I mean, the losing part of it is not easy or it's not hard at all. You can lose is by it like, anything. Is there any like playing for pinks? Like pl- army no, for army? No, no, no. no, not that I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm not that brave. Yeah, no. I think I've lost every single game that I've ever played. Yeah, except for and one. I still, love it. I still love it. Still and going. I mean, yeah. I'll still go play with people up at the game store or whatever. I don't care that I lose. I care that I have fun doing it. Yeah. And if I have a game where it's not fun, then, then there's no point in being there. So, and there's Great. no sense in getting mad over it. Plus, again, my biggest thing is kind of the narrative. So, if I'm losing, well, why am I losing? Why mm-hmm. are they sucking so bad? It's not the dice. I mean, you can't just put that in the story. Oh, they roll bad. Okay. You know, that's the simple answer. But the real answer is like, oh, I rolled a, a one when I was shooting somebody. Okay, well, he just happened to have bad aim that day. Or if you're in melee, which is, you know, being very close to each other and you're using swords or fists. Because everybody has a melee weapon. You can use a fist. Um, how did he not hit him when he was that close with his massive bolt gun or sword or whatever? But dude ducked or, you know, whatever. He just made the story. Yeah, he stepped on a leg of, you know, <laughs> the fish jumped out of the river and smacked him across the face, you know. So it's just, you, you got to make fun with it. If it's not fun, why are you doing it? Right. So, 
allow awesome. me to get off on a tangent. You're good. Let's let's uh let's talk about um the actual building models aspect of this hobby. Um I would like to know what um like what supplies would I need to get started? I know there's there's you know you can buy a two hundred dollar paint gun for this exact same thing, but like doing without that. So like just very beginner stuff. What would I need to buy uh, if I wanted to build, paint, decorate my army in the way that I wanted to? Do you, you want me to go? <laughs> Dude, I've been talking the whole time, so I don't care. Um, I guess we'll say for the very, very beginner, which I still am kind of in. I'm I'm not a beginner per se, but I'm still in that stage. Um, let's say for for building. So you obviously have the models. All you really need is, yes, what he's got right there. That's a pair of uh, clippers that you can cut the models because they come on a little frame that you'll cut them off of and you'll yeah. follow directions. Yeah, just like that. Um, so you need the clippers. I really like using uh, little files uh, to clean up some of the lines because there's going to be mold lines and there's going to be you know you can't always clip off the frame exactly yeah. flush so i have a little little pack of files that i use to clean them up and then all you need is a bottle of plastic glue okay uh, which, which one does you don't have? have to buy theirs no you don't and if i you can use even like this is a like maxi cure mm -hmm. from Epicurean Games, I believe it is. Uh, this one's actually a super glue, but uh, you can use that. And sorry, I'm I would say for a shit. beginner, for, for a there beginner, especially with the new models, they're all going to be plastic. Yeah. So use their plastic glue. This is kind of what you want. Okay. Uh, um, you'll only really need super glue. If you're putting resin pieces together, or if you've already painted the piece, that's true. Um, but that's that's as far as building. So you really need, you know, you could get the glue is you know, like seven dollars. Um, you can get a pack of files. I got my files as a twelve pack from uh, Hobby Lobby for like eight bucks, I think. Yeah, or six six bucks, and then. If you buy their clippers, yeah, they're like 20 or 30 bucks, but you don't have to buy theirs. That being right. said, the Citadel clippers that I had in my hand are an old version. They don't make them like that anymore. Now they make them more like what used to come in one of their beginner sets, where it's a black... Uh, it's like a black rubberized handle, and they're not... From, from everything that I've heard, they're not as good as the ones that I have, uh, yeah, which sucks. You, you can go to any you can go to any hobby shop or any anywhere that sells models and model tools. They, yeah. They'll have clips anywhere. You can go to a, you know Gundam shop or whatever. Yeah, but Gundam shop actually have a lot of good stuff. As far as building them, that's that's all you really need, and so you know maybe thirty bucks worth of accessories and then hunter you are more into painting than i've gotten into so i'll let you take that side 
Well, painting is kind of different. Like you said, you definitely don't need like a $200 airbrush. Don't, don't do that. I mean, even good quality airbrushes, honestly, unless you're buying top of the line and you are a display painter, you're not going to spend that kind of money. Uh, but paint is very... Dependent on what you want to do, honestly. Citadel, which is the Games Workshop brand, is actually pretty decent. But it comes in these itty-bitty little bottles. Yeah. Now, that doesn't really look that small because, you know, holding up to the thing. Uh, but Citadel is Games Workshop brand. They're a decent paint, honestly. They come in a large variety of colors, but they're expensive to get an entire set. Getting an entire set is almost impossible because of how expensive they are. Uh, on the other side of that, let me see if I've got one where you can actually see this instead of it being black. You could um, really use any hobby paint. That yes, you any hobby paint. Because, like, uh, Monument makes a Pro Acryl, and that's super good. There's Army Painter, which I've got. And I've got all three of these brands sitting here with me. Like, it's not one of those things of, oh, no, you have to use that. Like, you have yeah. to use Citadel, or you have to use somebody. No. I bet a a wide margin of people don't use Citadel paints. Yeah. And there are people who use Citadel paints, but they use them interchangeably with everything else. Now, there are some colors that Citadel makes that are really good. Their gold uh, is super. Uh, But Pro Curls is just as good. Uh, Army Painters is just as good. So. Yeah, I will. I would like to put in there too for beginners. Citadel Paints has a contrast line that is really good to make models look, profe- you know, as close to professionally done as could be for someone just starting out. Yes. So they that, just, that would be uh, that would be a pretty good route to take. Yeah, because all you got to do with Citadel Paints, once you have it built, is just prime it. Yeah. Uh, with, um, I think it's Wraithbone is what they call it, or I can't remember the other one. But you just put it on their lighter gray or white almost, and then you put their contrast on it, and it's done. Like you put on, you know, if, you, if you're painting blue space marines, you paint it blue, you paint their bolter black, and do your basing on the little round circle that they come on, and you're done. And okay. again, Citadel is not the only one who makes that because uh, within the past year, Army Painters come out with their own line. They don't call it contrast. There's a speed paint. Um, and I believe uh, Vallejo has also come out with their own, which is just another uh, dropper bottle S1. I can't remember what theirs is called, but I believe those two companies also have a contrast line, for lack of a better term. Uh, so there are ways to get it done faster. Uh, airbrushes, you know, if you want to go the airbrush route, that's the way to do it too. It can be fast. It can be just as slow as hand painting it. Right. Yeah. But in general, uh, besides your paints, you would want uh, small brushes, honestly. Um, I think the moral of the story too is for beginners, you don't have to be an expert painter. You don't have to spend no, a lot of money. not at all. Just the, the one thing to really take away from the painting side of it is It may not look the best to you, but you did it. Yeah. There are a lot of people who won't even do that. And on top of that, if you take a 
painted group of people in for kill team. Just because you don't think it looks good doesn't mean that somebody else isn't going to compliment you and say, hey, that looks great. Or yeah. they're going to say, hey, that looks, you know, it looks really good. You, you've done a good job with these. And even they may say, you know, may not think that it's the best thing, but the fact that you put the time in it to paint is great. And you're going to get better. It doesn't matter where you start. Your painting will get better as long as you are doing it. That's the yeah. that one thing, hands down, that will be true most of the time is that if you paint something so so long as you do your best and you're kind of you know clean about it uh careful yeah it will get better and and that's fine you don't have to be a display painter just paint even if you're just slapping on one color some people that's all they really need well if you just don't have any interest in painting but you did want them painted. There are people that sell their services and will paint them for you. Yeah. Granted, you're going to need a pretty penny to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at least several hundred dollars. And don't expect it. Depending on how good they are, don't expect it back within six months. Like. Yeah. Is that how much? Is that paying. like in painting your entire army, or is that by piece? You can, you can hire them for whatever you want. Whatever. Really. Yeah. Some people will do a squad for you if you just had a squad that you want to do. Some people will do big um, centerpiece models, like uh, I don't know, like if you had a, a large Primark or if you had, you know, a demon Primark or whatever. Which, yes, I realize I'm throwing out terms that you don't know, but we'll get there. But these are big models; like they're not just you know the little guys. These are the bigger character type models. Mm-hmm. They'll do those, or there are people who will take your entire army at one time. But again, depending on how good they are and how backed up they are, you may not see it for a year. Uh, Frontline Gaming, which is, uh, they, Frontline Gaming is a company out in uh, West uh, American, uh, West North America anyway, like uh, Nevada area. I think they're actually, they might be in California, but either way, they run uh, a bunch of different tournaments throughout the country all year long. One of the services that they provide, other than tournament information, um, and they have their own store, but they do also offer paint commissions. So you can send it to them. Uh, there's a lot of people that do it. It's just, again, you're, you're going to wait for it and you're going to pay for it. Yeah. They are so, in Nevada. They are in the Yay, I was right. Boulder City. Oh. And they run one of the largest tournaments in the world for 40K in uh, Las Vegas every year. How long does the, like, if you're playing a, like, 4K uh, big army set, like, how long would that match run? Anywhere between two and a half hours to three hours. Okay. Depending on how well everything goes. If you don't know, if you are just starting out and you're playing the like 2000 point, which is the standard, you will be there for a while because you're trying to figure out rules and everything else. Like it, yeah. you could be there for six, seven hours just because it takes time. Every round. Ra- so let's break it down real quick. When you do a game, your game usually consists of five rounds. Each round has two turns, your turn and your opponent's turn. Inside those rounds, you generally have five or six phases. 
So you'll have a command phase, movement phase, uh, shooting phase, psychic phase, combat, or uh, charge phase, then combat phase, and then, uh, what do they call it? It's not a morale phase. But it's basically a morale phase. You're seeing if anybody runs away. Um, yeah. So you're talking about seven different phases inside of one turn. And during those turns, if it's not your turn, you're not doing anything. You're just standing there watching him push models and roll dice. Right. The only time that you are doing anything is during psychic or shooting or combat when you're seeing if your guys die or not. And then that's it. And then once it goes on to your turn, you're doing the same thing and he's standing there doing nothing. They're trying to fix that. Don't know what 10th edition is going to bring to us as far as like how interactive it's going to be between the two sides during a round. But it sounds like they're trying to fix that aspect of it. So uh, we'll see when what does, happens. Uh, when does 10th edition drop? Uh, we do not have a definite date yet. They're saying that pre-orders for the 10th edition box, which the box set is just going to be two armies, the core book, um, and a couple other things. They're saying that the pre-orders will go up for that in June. Okay, so coming up. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, they announced it at uh, Defcon, or yeah, Defcon back in March, and then they showed the entire new box at Warhammer Fest last weekend. So yeah, it'll be an ideal time to get into it. Yeah, yeah. and they will have a new way to play. So original with Ninth Edition, they had a couple of different ways that you could play standard forty k. You had a uh, patrol game. Well, actually, that's eighth edition. But either way, it was a patrol game. Uh, a regular two thousand point game, and then massive three thousand point game. I, I don't know anybody who plays a three thousand point game. It's just it's almost undoable. But starting at the end of this edition, they started putting out what they were calling a combat patrol. And those combat patrol boxes, it was, um, I'm going to use supposedly because I don't know, because I didn't get into those rules. But a combat patrol box you could buy in that faction, and it had a leader and at least two groups of guys, and that was all you needed to do a combat patrol. Or boarding patrol, or whatever it was that they called it. So that made it a little bit more of an accessible game type uh, so there's that but that in 10th edition supposedly that is going to carry forward and it will be an actual true game type for the game so there's always that as well makes sense somewhat there's a lot of um lingo that goes into this game. It's really weird. <laughs> but. And then, you know, the other thing is, is that, so, and Tom, you, you can talk about this a little bit more, and Eric, if you have any questions, just stop us. Yeah. Once you get done with building and painting, one of the things you absolutely have to have is your codex. Mm -hmm. And your core rule book. And the core rule book is, what? 15 pounds. It it's a like massive year, thing. Every, it's every huge. Year. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, you know, 
the way it's going, you know, I'm I'm somebody that typically when I buy something, I want it in my hands. But with how they do their releases, especially the last three years, you can buy digital through their app and just have it all on your phone or tablet. And uh, honestly, that would be probably the most efficient way to go about it. Unless you just wanted to have those sitting on your shelf. Sorry. But unfortunately, it all costs the same whether you get digital or physical. I think I do think that a bit of a discount for a digital should be a thing. I mean, and it's not just them anyway. Uh, I'm getting off topic, but... Um, yeah, so you could just have it all on a tablet or a phone and look it up easily, um, but you need at least a codex, you need at least, uh, and, and a rule book, um, and then depending on how current you want to keep up with the rules for your specific army or any changes that have happened to the game in general, uh, you'll need to print out uh, updates and things like that. Errata and FAQs. It's almost a four-letter word lately. There's so many of them. That's another reason I think going digital would probably be best. Is because pretty much two weeks after a book comes out, it's basically obsolete. Somewhat unless anyway. You just wanna, unless you want to look at the lore, you want to look at you know you want to have that physical product. They change a lot a couple weeks after they release something and that's going to be that's going to be shown on the digital copy but it's not going to be shown in your book obviously so you'll have to print out packets of paper to carry around with you and your book yeah and the unfortunate part is they've actually stopped doing the digital copy so you can't even get that anymore the best way to do it if you want a digital version of it nowadays is you have to buy the regular release book it has a code in it that you can put into their app where you can build your armies and everything else, but you put the code in there and it unlocks the rules for that faction and you'll have everything on there. Now, and when they release an update or an FAQ, whatever they want to call it, it is updated. So that's the only digital version that you have. Mm. You're not going to have a full book. Uh, everything that's in well, the codex will not be on there. It's kind of neat, though, that they would take... Um... You know, in did you say it was an app? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's uh, or, it's just a Warhammer 40k app. It's uh, it's actually called. So what you're saying is like yeah. if if I bought this uh, 15 pound Codex FAQ rulebook, it would come with a code to use the app, and I could use the app to get the rules play style whatever on my said army right correct but you have to buy each cool. book so oh, okay that's yeah, yeah so you're looking at buying generally the core rule book which is about 60 dollars us and then is the core rule book not free on the app it is free on the app it's on there at least the gen you know the generic uh the core, core rules rule are yeah. free they're free but on the free app army specific book you'll have to buy it yeah which is about 40 bucks and if you're only going i mean okay let's be realistic nobody should do more than one army wink wink nudge nudge but 
if you're just doing one army, you're spending 40 bucks on a codex that you can then, you know, put the code in, it pulls it up on the app, you're good to go. If you buy, if you have more than that, if you're doing more than one army, one, you're a sadist at the very beginning of the hobbity. 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 Don't do more than one army. Do not. I'm not. Dude, there's no way I could right no. now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you're doing that, you, you could be looking at spending, I mean, I mean, think about it. I haven't even bought every codex for ninth edition for my armies. And I think I still have four ninth edition books. And I think I need four more at $40 a piece. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's it, it, that part of it can get expensive. So, yeah. But. So how many armies do you guys rock? There's two questions to that. Hang on. There's two oh, questions here. How many time. armies do you own? And how many armies do you play with? Okay. Answer both. Give me a minute. I'm going to have to count them. <laughs> but I've the... only played with one and a half, and I own like seven. I've played with four, and I have eight total. I think not bad. No, it's really not because I've played. I played with my Blood Angels, Thousand Sons, Drukari, and my Zinch Demons. <clears throat> but I still have Tyranids, Gene Stealers, Knights, and is that all? Oh no, Slanesh Demons. You said so, Gene Stealers. Yeah, I did. So I think I've got somewhere around it's either ten or eleven armies just for forty k, or that can go back between forty k and Sigmar. And I really like playing with two. So yeah, it's I get very caught up in the lore and how cool they look. Honestly, yeah. It's this may be like a go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I I was gonna is I was gonna ask like if I had one army. And I noticed it uh, not performing. Oh wow, yeah, uh, not performing to uh, my standards of what I thought it was going to do. H how do I improve that army to uh, be better? Do I more more uh, more figures? Is that what I would go uh, get? Mm -hmm. How would I make my 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 army better? You can you can tweak a bit. Like there's different gear and equipment you can give your squads and different people in the squads, uh, different kind of weapons. Um, you know, you have, there's what are called stratagems or like strategies. Basically you can use or, or, you know, abilities kind of that you can use with your army. Um, you know, if you decide that you want more shooting, you can, you know, get a squad, you know, you're focused more on, Squads that have range instead of squads that have no, you know, or just melee abilities or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it just, they're, I would say for the most part, they're all pretty well rounded and it just depends on what you want to accomplish with it. 
not true. Well, Cows. I mean, huh? Cow doesn't suck. Cow, they don't have uh, any. They they don't perform in at least two phases. But again, you can counteract that. As I said, in in general. In general. So he's he's not wrong though. You can if you you know buy if you if you notice that you're having a problem in say the combat phase. Okay, well, do you, any of your guys have combat weapons? If they don't, find a squad that fits within your army that is all about combat. Um, and then one of the other things that I think oh, some new players definitely don't really think about, learn your army. Just because you're having a problem in one phase or another doesn't necessarily mean that you need something different. It may mean that you're missing something inside your rule set. That's what I was trying to figure out too. Okay. Yeah. There there are a lot of rules inside of your codexes between okay. different abilities that they have, stratagems that they have, different uh I mean, even as far as like sometimes there are uh different sub factions within a faction and they may perform differently than the main faction. So right. you have to look at that as well. And, and that's just kind of like the biggest thing is know your rules. If you know how mm -hmm. your army plays, there's a better chance of you being able to, at the, if not win, you know where the problem is. Yeah, there is a bit of a learning curve. There's There's a lot to try to familiarize yourself with and memorize I mean, you'll always have your reference material, but for the smoothest gameplay, you're kind of going to want to do some studying. Yeah. Or just play a lot with somebody who's very willing to sit there and know that you're learning. You know, have a lot of learning games and, you know, do them at different point levels so that, like, like you don't want to jump straight into a 2,000-point game where with somebody who knows all the stratagems and knows how to use command points and... You know everything else. Case in point, you don't know what those things mean. So, play a small game where you focus on movement, shooting, saving, things like that. Things that you're going to use all the time. And yeah, in general, especially like Space Marines, because Space Marines. In general, a Space Marine's movement attacks. And save characteristics in general are almost all the same. They're going to move about the same speed every time, regardless of what unit it is. The only thing that's going to be different is what weapons they're using. And generally they have the same save, the same uh, attacks, the same ballistic skill, weapon skill, everything across the board. So if you're playing a small game and you are using Space Marines, you will, by the end of at least two games, know that, hey, that movement is three inches, or that movement is six inches, that kind of thing. And then move up to a new size and add in an extra level of complexity. Once you have the basics down, then jump a little bit further into it and work on adding in the rules as you go. There's no sense in trying to add everything all at once. If you do it, you're going to have brain drain. Yep. Where do you think people who start this hobby and then quickly exit the hobby 
where do you think that their fail point is? Do you think it's there where they're they're trying to take so much of that information in, or is it just uh, like where do you see the fail point at with people who quit the hobby? Probably trying to do too much at at one time uh, because it can be extremely overwhelming. Yeah, I yeah. I feel like from like I, for, before this uh, this episode. Um, I've always viewed it as uh, a little intimidating and a lot of overwhelming um, just because there's for me, there's there's no straightforward um, direction or controller uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, based on my hobbies that I like um, it, that. That's what is intimidating to me about this hobby. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can go and that's it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's a great thing that you can have so many different options within one game um because there are other tabletop games that don't offer that kind of option throughout it um like in general okay let's just say you wanted to play a star wars game well with star wars you're really you've got two options you're either going to play good guys or bad guys you know you choose which one is is which one with 40k there's no good guy and there's no there's no bad guy everybody's bad everybody does something atrocious honestly but you have so many yeah those are a ton of great besides the models but there (laughs) is a ton of different options and there's something for in my opinion my opinion there is almost something for everybody to love about that about this game because if you like gundam all right cool how that's basically what they are they're little blue aliens that run around in gundam suits for the most part i mean that's simplifying it quite a bit but it's really it it really is it's a good it's a good analogy though or if you like uh if you like aliens like the original ridley Am I wrong? They're aliens. I think, you're right. I think I'm right. Like Sigourney right. Weaver aliens. Karen is this place you want to be. I mean, they are a mixture between aliens and Starship Troopers. It's a bunch of little bugs and some big bugs. And I mean, it's, they are some, some xenomorphs. Yes, they could be yeah. absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, so it's no, James Cameron. Oh, James Cameron. Sorry. Is it James Cameron? Uh, I knew it was one of them. I just couldn't get his name out. Um, and if you want, and I'm not saying that space brands are generic. I'm saying they're generic. I will say that they are generic. Yeah. Uh, but space brands are generic because they're space brands. They're other than the fact that they come from a different bloodline. They are the same. They are superhuman guys in suits it's like master chief yes from halo they are master chief on a massive scale and they're awesome and there's so many of them and if you want to play demon worshiping people who run through a world and kill everything but you want space marines chaos marines is for you i mean Again, there's so much for just about anybody, and it's just right. what you want out of it. 
So if you get into it and you're just like, I can't do this anymore, chances are you tried to dive too deep too fast. That's what, okay. That's what we were getting at. So yes, take, take it slow. That's Bear. probably the, 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 I think the, uh, for me, the, the whole principle of this today was to come to that conclusion is yeah. how to stay in it, mm-hmm. not get overwhelmed. Um, you know, it's because that, that, that's what it was for me. It's because, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, uh, you know, it, it's a little intimidating. It's, it can be very intimidating. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I looked at it. That wouldn't agree. No. Well, yeah. I, there might be, but I'm telling you that there would be somebody that who's been in it so long that they have forgotten how intimidating it can be. Because I don't, I mean, Tom, you and I, we started this together. Uh, at the same time and granted there was a time when we finally said yes we want to do this and then it didn't take long to figure out what we wanted to do Um, but I know that I was looking at Warhammer models as far as like it's in the store and I see them and you just Mm -hmm. by curiosity go over there for two years three years before we finally decided to to even talk about because it's so in depth and I remember, you know, when I was probably what eleven or twelve, seeing the Games Workshop store in the yeah, mall. I remember that. And they, um, they have like the 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 big display table in the center of the yeah. store. That was yeah. so cool. Yeah, like seeing that, and then you know having them do a demo. Like I fell in love with it then, but of course, I didn't have the money to do it. And my parents yeah. definitely didn't want to spend that kind of money. Um, so we did you know, some cheaper alternatives to that for, for a while. And then, you know, a few years ago, we decided to look into it again because it still looks awesome. It looks even more awesome now. Yeah. Um, and then decided it was, it was the right time. And it did. I mean, it really has been kind of a whirlwind. I mean, I I can only, I can tell you when I started looking at it, uh, as far as like, as in a serious fashion, if I'm going to buy this, uh, but I mean, after that, it's a blur. I mean, you can't remember when certain things come out sometimes because they have had a blistering pace of releases for the past five years. Yeah. And that is a good thing. And it's also a bad thing. Uh, it's, it's, if you have FOMO, it's definitely a bad thing. Oh yeah. But if you just have to remember, especially starting out that just because there is a release, and just because you like the way it looks, that doesn't mean you have to buy it immediately. There's nothing yeah. wrong with waiting until you're ready for that particular piece. It's, it's going to be there. I mean, there are people who are using models that were made back in the early 90s. And they're still playable models that still have rules. And nobody cares. Nobody, Even GW is not saying you are forced to buy new models. If you bought them back in the 90s, you have to buy these new ones. Then they're not saying that. The only thing they're saying is, hey, this is out if you want it. I mean, you can or you can't. It's, it's up to you. You don't have to get it. And even, when it, even with the books, you, oh, it's got new rules for this new way to play. You don't have to have it. You can play it however you want. So, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guide and reference material and sources. But it really comes down to, all, you know, there's a lot of individual freedom. Uh, well, in 
as long as you and your opponent agree to it. Yeah. Right. You know, if if we started playing, we could go on eBay and buy second edition books and play that way if we wanted to. And there's not going to be any wrong way to play as long as it's, uh, you know, decided on mutually by the parties involved. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's all it really comes down to is if you, if you're going to play with somebody and they're okay with you playing one way and then do it. Um, just so long as it works out. I mean, you're not, you're definitely not going to be one of those things of where you're playing out of a second edition book and they're playing out of ninth edition. That's not going to work just because there's a lot of differences. But if, you know, you tell them, Hey, I've, I've got second edition books and that's all I've got. And I'm new to the area. And, they said, "Yeah, sure, we'll we'll play that. I remember that. I still have my books." Then, then yeah, they'll they'll play that way. Or if you you know went to a store and said, "I don't, I want to learn how to play, but I don't want to deal with the FAQs," um, there should be somebody there who's willing to say, "Okay, we'll just play it straight from the codex." Yeah, because that's that's all it is, and it's just it's it's definitely a start slow. That's the whole point of the whole game is don't overwhelm yourself. Start. Yeah, slow. I think that. You know, I, I, again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to like a broken record, but I, I wanted to make sure that the start of our podcast was figuring out how to, from my end, not get overwhelmed mm-hmm. with all of, you know, all the lingo, all of the product, all, you know, how to build it, what to do, you know, the yeah. being new and hopefully not being judged by, you know, old players because that's intimidating, uh, you know, those kind of things. Um, so that's the, I think the moral to this right now is let's, you know, let's start slow Yes. and, um, you know, take your time, figure out what, uh, what type of game you want to play, what, you know, what kind of army you want to build, stuff like that and go from there. Yeah. And it, I mean, now, as far as the army goes down, it kind of comes down to, to a couple of different things, you know, when you're picking it, but yes, start slow and figure out what you actually want to play. Because it can be very intimidating that, all right, say, you know, you walk into a, a store and they're sitting there telling you about all these things and everything else. You can kind of get sucked up in the moment and accidentally decide that you want to play something that you, you were interested in, but it's not yeah. exactly what you wanted. So you need to make sure that you, you do take it slow and know exactly what you want. Before do a little you research it. too, right? Yeah. On, yeah. Then again, Wikipedia, okay. uh, different codexes i mean some of the codexes i'm sure and i'm not advocating for it i'm just saying that it's probably out there there are probably pdf downloads or pdf pages that have the codexes mm-hmm. on them i'm not going to confirm or deny that either but exactly I'm sure, yeah and i i honestly i'll be i'll be strictly honest i've never been able to find one that i could read with any clarity yeah uh that had the full codex or anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, I'm sure they're out there. I'm not telling people to do that. I'm just saying you might be able to. And you can at least read through the lore, look at some of the stuff, you know, to, to try and do some research as to what you want to do. And then if you're right. kind of the person who's really going slow with it and you're okay with it, then if you want to know if you, if you really like a faction, pick up a book. Like, like, and not a codex. I'm talking like, pick up a book from Black Library. Who is, yeah. Because Black Library is Games Workshop's publishing house. Uh, you can pick up novels about just about every single faction. There's tons of them. Tons of books. 
Mm-hmm. Give it a shot. I am not saying go straight into the horse heresy. Don't do that. Just you start with like a book, you know, and just read it and see if you like it. Like you know, because it would it would be really terrible for you to have been like, oh, I want to do this particular army, and then you read a book yeah. or you read the lore about it later on. And you're like, oh, this, this, these guys are terrible. Yeah, this sucks. Why, why yeah. not choose this? Yeah. Why do I want to do this? What would you recommend, Hunter, as like a newbie's just straight, you know, into the lore? Like, what what is a general novel that you, I don't know, would you think maybe Dawn of Fire would be no. a good start? <clears throat> no, Dawn of Fire starts, um, Dawn of Fire starts very confusingly, even for me. Uh, honestly, I would say one of the first things you should, one of the first books, if you really wanted to, to get into a particular aspect of somebody, I would honestly, on their website, I would look to see if they had books on your faction that you wanted. Yeah. So, uh, like, let's just say, for example, that you wanted to, um, let's say you wanted to read Blood Angel. And I know this one because I have them in there. It's, it's easy for me to go through. One of the first things that I read was uh, the Blood Angel books. Um, and I'll have to look at the, the actual book name. But it was a trilogy that followed one sergeant in the Blood Angels during a period of time. And I mean, it's not really like it's a hey, this is it happened this year, and this other book happened 10 <laughs> years later, that kind of thing. Uh, but it's one of those things of... Uh, they now have it collected as the complete Rafen omnibus, uh, but the original book name was... Deus and Carmine. Um, now, that being said, find a book that you can be interested in well over, you know, a faction. Right. Uh, it's going to have words in it that you don't know. Because they That's use okay. a lot of, like, they call That's most it, books for me. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not talking like that. I'm talking like these are made-up words. <laughs> like, straight up. Like, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, uh, what is it? A strategium. Like, it's it's the command deck on a ship, but they call it a strategium, or the just some of the words that they have. They're made up words. Just you know, roll with it. Take context clues. That's about the best you're gonna get, unless you ask them about it. Right. Remembrancers. Yeah. Which remembrancers? When they had them, were just people who they were historians in a specific vocation. Either they took pictures, or they did art, or they did music, or plays, or whatever. It's just they were historians, but because they have different words for it, sometimes it can be very confusing. Um, well, it is forty thousand years in the future, so eh, yeah, there's going to be some changes. Yeah, you would expect so. But yeah, I mean, definitely it's one of those things of like, just find you a book that they have that's on, that, that has 
something to do with your faction. If you want to go with Tyranids, you're going to read a book where they're dying all the time. You know, because they're, they are definitely not the good guys. And they have no characters that are voiced or anything like that. I mean, they're just straight up aliens. Like Starship Troopers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but nicely adjacent to them is Gene Stealer Cult. I haven't read a single Gene Stealer Cult book that's not good. They do really well with those. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of one of those things that pick and choose. If you wanted a general, this will get me into Warhammer. There's not a start here book. It is definitely a, if you want to start on the lore, get the core rule book and read it that way. Um, because there's no get started on the books. They just kind of jump you in and most of them kind of expect you to know everything or at least a little bit of what's going on. They're not easy to follow sometimes. And they're all written by different people. Yeah. So that makes it much more difficult. Especially I'm looking if you at really this, like uh, this, uh, I just found a, a Charlie Day meme where he's got like all the papers on the board and he's got like the yeah. lines going to everything. And it's like explaining Warhammer 4K to my friends. That's kind of how I feel right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the crazy dude. Going, you know, you gotta follow the lines. It's everywhere. And that's, that's honestly how I feel. Isn't the answer like, obvious? Yeah. Like, <laughs> look. And that's how I feel, unfortunately, is that it is one of those things of like, I'm giving you a lot of information. You're not gonna retain any of it. Not really. Maybe. Maybe. I think you're technically, typically, you retain about 40% is from a business model. That's what you typically will yeah. do when you're training someone new. They'll usually pick up about 40% of it. Yeah. And I don't, and that's the thing is, thankfully, with being in the position of work that I've been in, I don't yeah. expect you to remember everything. And I sure as hell don't expect you to be able to go out after this podcast and buy a full army or half of an oh, army. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm doing. Don't. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'll buy two. You said only do one. I'm doing two. One. One. And buy one box. Like, don't buy a box. Don't start. Like, mm -mm. buy it all. Buy it all. You can buy it all if you wanted to. I mean, if you got that kind of budget, be my guest. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't have that budget. I have, I have credit cards. That's why they're there. Yes. Well, <laughs> look, you know that, that, that taken thing where I've developed a very large set of skills over my, you know, whatever. Yeah. I've developed a very large collection over years of stupidity. But I love it. Look behind me. Yeah, I wish I could show you. You have no idea. Like, I know anybody who's been in this is going to see the box over here and know maybe what it is if they can possibly read it. That's an entire two armies worth in that box for Horus Heresy, mm -hmm. which we haven't touched on. Like, we haven't yeah, even said it. We got a whole season, a guys. Game. We got a whole season. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I'm just telling you. Like, and, and I, you know, again, so going forward, because we're kind of past what we wanted to do with this episode. Yeah. 
going forward. So before you make any discussion or decisions on what you might want to play, what I do want to do is we're going to walk through all of the factions. Do I need to? Do we need an intermission for this? Oh no, no, I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about oh, like okay, okay. next series of episodes. <laughs> we we might take a break. Break. I don't have yeah. that time. <laughs> Nobody has that kind of time. I'm talking about like within the next couple of episodes. We're gonna start. Yeah, that'd be cool. Going through some of those stuff, which is exactly the way it kind of should be. Because yeah, I think I think once we um you know let's let's look and see if there's anybody that you know will comment on this and see where we they would like us to start as yeah. far as um that, that a faction would go. Yeah, I mean, and, well, we can roll a dice. Many, yeah, we can do that too. Are, are there twenty? No, uh, there's not twenty. I was being no idea. Facetious. I mean, we can do it with space marines. There's eighteen space marines. Do, you know, a few episodes, or, or maybe s- split them up. You know, after a couple, you know, do an episode. It goes over like two or three, or or just put that in the beginning of an episode or something or the end yeah. of an episode, you know, just kind of a brief, you know, 30,000 foot view of each faction. No, no, no. I want to get down in the mini. Yeah. I, I think, look at each one. I think, I think doing okay. a little, like, I think I'm with Hunter on this. I think that, um, from a beginner standpoint, a high level view would be okay. But I think that if you're actually wanting to get into the hobby, you really need to know the details. Yeah. And I'm not talking about knowing the details of, like, this Space Marine has a three-inch move, and he has a weapon skill of four. No, no, no. I don't want to do that, no. Dude, you would put me to sleep doing that. Right. Don't do that. (laughs) I want want to go into, let's look at what's in this army. What makes up this army? So if it's Space Marines. And and honestly, there's not going to be a lot of difference between Space Marines. We can almost take a 30,000 mile view from them, honestly, because unless you get into, you know, each Space Marine faction, which we can, but we can do that within the set of an episode, because they're not much different. But what's a captain do? What does the Interceptors do? What do the Inceptors do? By the way, there's a lot of inter and in names on the new stuff but anyway what are these interceptors yes so what do these units do what is their purpose and look at that and we'll look at some of the lore behind some of the you know space marine factions space marines are hard to do because they're again there's nine loyalists and nine uh traitor legions so i don't want to do a single episode on blood angels or dark angels or whatever having a little bit of each of those inside of one episode that's fine because they do have different lore they have different interests they do different things but you don't want to do that and have nine episodes are eh, pretty much the same yeah so but i do want to look into different factions and things like that so we can figure out what you might want to go with because exactly yeah i want you to get have a full bit of story and we'll just dive into the lore i mean the lore is where and i'm not talking novels not black library lore i'm talking just codex lore because if you get into black library novels we can go off 
in a thousand different directions and will never come back. Ever. No recovery from that. No, because mm-hmm. there's so many intertwining. Yeah, very much. By the way, do you know what the warp is? No. Yay. It's basically another dimension parallel to ours that they use to travel in their version of light speed. Oh, okay. Yeah, so when they say they're going in the warp, they're creating a dimensional rift in space to fly their ships through it into a demon-infested alternate dimension in order to make a loop and go faster. Sometimes okay. they don't come back. They Demons get lost. Get oh. Yes, actually. Um, Damons, because it's not spelled demons, it's Damons. We'll get them. Uh, the warp is filled with entities of a dubious nature, and they enjoy messing with humans. Okay. Basically. So yeah. Called chaos. Yeah, it's called chaos. It actually works. It's chaos. I mean it's it's like unbridled chaos. Like it actually makes sense when you look at it in the terms of it's chaos. When you look at it in terms of, oh it's a demon. No. No, because now you're thinking about heaven and hell. There is none and this is just straight chaos. Right. Coming in in because all demons, demons, whatever you want to call them, I like demons because it's the way I was raised. But anyway, they are a any anytime that they jump into reality, they are a personification of what's in someone's thoughts. They are that is not what they actually look like. That is what they look like to you because that's the way you think they should look. If that makes sense. So a little bit. Yeah. We can dive more into it though. Oh yeah. Lots. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. You're in for a treat. I know. I, I don't know what I signed up for, guys. Yeah, sarcasm is going to be your friend. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, seriously, like we will go into it as much as we can. And right. I mean, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm totally game for it. I think this is going to be really, it'll be, it'll be really fun um, from my point of view. So, I just hope you guys have, um, you know, bear with me if I don't catch up to your speed as fast as you want me to. Um, but, no, I mean, that's that's not a problem. Oh, one last thing. Um, anybody that might want to learn more about it too, there is a streaming service called Warhammer Plus that has a lot of shows with lore. Some of them are about painting and the hobby and stuff. Some of them are about lore and different stories and that. But that's also a resource that would be entertaining and uh, provide some, in this respect anyway, educational value. Yeah, they do or you have just sh- follow this podcast or that. I would prefer that. Um, yes, but they do have some excellent shows on there about the lore on some things. They do have um, cartoons, uh, their animations. Honestly, they some of the better animations that I've seen uh, recently, and some of them are really interesting stories. Uh, but yes, no, please follow us here, like, like, and subscribe. You know, do whatever. Hate us. We know we're not very good at this. So mm-hmm. we'll we know better, that though, we promise. will get better. Yeah. All it takes is your hard earned clicking, and we will get better at this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so seriously, everybody, like and subscribe if you want more. Yeah. Let us know what you want to hear. Um, mm-hmm. 
And if you hate us, tell us. Because yeah. this is our first episode. It's extremely raw, unfiltered, yeah, unedited. We, we've been trying to start this for a while. Uh, and we've tried, what, the past, like, three weekends? Oh, to... God, yeah. Uh, get through a bunch of technical issues. So uh, I'm just glad to see a finished product that may not be yeah. as pretty as some, but we got it out there. So this is awesome. At, yeah, least, so... at least we get to see it. Yeah, at least we yeah. get to see it. <laughs> um, I am going to upload this to uh, YouTube, and we are going to upload it on a couple of different podcast platforms. So uh, we're going to try and keep to a recording schedule. I'm hoping every yeah. two weeks. Yeah, I think that'd be good. And, you can you also know, follow us on our uh, individual Twitch profiles as well. So, yes. Hunter, if you will, drop that in the uh, info at the bottom. I will. And, um, now, most of us, we don't do a whole lot of Warhammer uh, on our different yeah, Twitch platforms. It's just a bunch, uh, of, a bunch of gaming stuff. But yeah, um, you're more than welcome to stop by and say hey and ask questions and see how it's going from there. Yeah, and we're more than happy to have a conversation with you on any platform about anything you want to talk about. Definitely. So, well, I will definitely put those in the show notes, and I will even link some of the, the like the Wapedia, uh and Warhammer Forty Thousand. It's actually all the numbers. It's not forty k. It's Warhammer Forty Thousand dot com. Yeah, you should be able to find some, some uh, more information to help you get started. Right. Although most of it right now is just about the new tenth edition box coming I out. I figured but... it probably would be. So, but uh, again, please let us know what you want to hear, and. Uh, We will talk to you guys next time. Thanks. Bye.